know, democracy only works if we're active participants. And so just little things are, um, are can really impact the way they view their citizenship going forward. This is the About IBD podcast, and I'm your host, Amber Tresca. Welcome to the limited series I'm calling The Summer of Activism. Over the next several weeks, listen to these quick hits on a variety of topics that will not only inspire you, but also give you the tips and ideas you need to go out into the world and create positive change for people living with inflammatory bowel disease. Some of the topics I will cover include attending medical meetings, traveling to Washington DC for day on the hill events, meeting your elected officials in their office or when they hold local town halls, and being a speaker or a panelist at events as a patient. A little background about me. I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis at the age of 16 and had colectomy surgery with J-Pouch Creation after 10 years of continuous disease caused my colon to become deeply ulcerated and precancerous. I'm a writer, editor, and patient educator who specializes in digestive disease and Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, and indeterminate colitis in particular. You can learn even more about me and my disease journey by visiting my website at aboutibd.com. In this episode of Summer of Activism, you'll hear from Dr. Mina Butra, Assistant Professor of Medicine at the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania, about how she involves her kids in activism and how you can do the same. Dr. Butra, thank you for taking some time and talking to me today after you got out of the OR. <laughs> no problem. Absolutely appreciate it. And honestly, anything for you, anything for you. You just made me feel so good. Thank you. <laughs> so I want to talk to you about getting your kids involved in activism. I, You are so um, amazing at doing this. I think it's something that a lot of people don't consider as a parent that this is part of your job as a parent is to help your children be involved in community. Yeah. The first question I have, though, because I think it might inform a lot of our conversation is how old your kids are. So my son is eight years old and my daughter is four years old and I have been doing activism with one or both of the children since they were six and two. So for the last two years. And that's exactly the reason that I asked you that is because mm -hmm. I think some people might think that it's something that you wait on until they're tweens or teens, right. but that is not, you started them pretty much from birth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and actually, that's actually a really great point. It, we really did start them at birth because activism and advocacy has always been very important. Um, both of my kids' names actually reflect that. So my son is named for a famous Indian doctor who believed that physicians should be dedicated to helping all of their patients, not profiting. So this idea of altruism and you provide care no matter what you get back. And then my daughter is named after a famous Indian woman who was apparently exceptional at math, but unable to be recognized because she was a woman. So this idea of standing up for others. And so this whole idea of advocating for others and standing up for others was something that was important to us from the point that they were born. But it's hard to, when you're a parent, there's barely enough time to shower and eat and sometimes even sleep, let alone say, okay, I'm going to take on this whole second job of activism. And so incorporating them into it makes it a little bit easier. So there's a selfish reason right there. But I, I think also um, 
you know, it was also important because for those people, since we're on a podcast, if, if they don't know, I am uh, Asian Indian. So my skin is brown and my children's skin is brown as well. And growing up, I actually experienced a, a fair amount of racism because of my ethnicity and skin color. And I remember this feeling of just being powerless um, and isolated. And I, I want my kids to know that they need to stand up for the people around them, but also I fear that they may face similar experiences and I want them to feel like they know something constructive they can do, um, something that doesn't let them sort of fall into that pit of anger or sadness or, or depression, but rather, okay, there's something I can do about this that's constructive and good. And so that was, it was very important to make this a part of life for them. Right. You thought so much about this. It's, it's amazing. And then you started your kids when they were very small, but then I imagine that the activities that you've done with them have evolved as they've gotten a little older. So where did you start? And then how does it change as they're, I'm not that they're, they're old. They're still, <laughs> still small. I feel so old though. So old some days. <laughs> it may only be eight years, but it feels like 16 already and 20 children. And it's just crazy. Um, no, absolutely. And it, I think there are things that you can do um, along the spectrum of things. So what have I done with them? Um, it, so when they were really younger, we would just put up a yard sign together and then we would look at the yard signs and look up people and sort of, you know, see what, how they were doing or what they were doing. Um, and just so that they would understand who all these names were in different yards. Um, when I would uh, go and do, you know, register voting uh, polls or, or going out to get people registered to vote, I'd make sure I do it at a place where they could come and meet me. So they didn't have to be there the whole time, but my husband would bring them out so that if it was at a farmer's market, they could see me doing it for the last 15 minutes and then we could go and get a snack or go, you know, get something, do something fun. And then, um, I actually have taken my son out canvassing when he was fairly young, when he was six years old. And that's not an easy job. And we seem to get really unlucky. We'd either get the hilliest routes or the hottest days to go out and canvas. But we made it a special adventure. I'd say, okay, we're going to do this for two hours and then we're going to go get ice cream or we're going to go have a mommy, you know, son lunch or something fun that he would get to do. Um, and then the other thing that was really great was to take them out for all these different marches. So they've attended all of the marches for science in Washington, D.C., which was awesome. My son loved making his signs, and he was so proud to march with grown-up scientists and, you know, hold his own sign and be out there. And we'd push my daughter in a stroller, but she got to make a sign, too, that she could hold in the stroller. So that was great. She felt like she was part of it. Um, and I did take my son to the Women's March this past January, and that was our special trip. So it was his first Amtrak train ride, and he got hot cocoa and ice cream. I mean, it was a whole, the whole vacation for him, essentially. Um, but one other thing that was really great is that we've had actually play dates with other parents, and we've done postcards to voters, which is really nice because kids can color. So I would write the text for the postcards to voters and the addresses, and he would color pictures. And over time, he evolved his own message that he puts on every card that says, I can't vote because I am 
six years old, seven years old, eight years old. So please vote for my future, which I love that he, you know, he would put that on every single one of them with a flag or people going to vote or one time the entire solar system with a sign pointing at earth that said, please vote here. <laughs> it was great. Um, and then I honestly, and, and I think this is maybe the simplest thing is that we take our kids to every single election. And whether it's a midterm, whether it's a local election, whether it's a federal election, they go to the voting booths, they see us vote. And there are studies that have shown that kids who see their parents voting regularly are more likely to be active voters um, in their future when they become adults. And this is so important because, you know, democracy only works if we're active participants. And so just little things are um it can really impact the way they view their citizenship going forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I take my kids to vote too. Um, and it, from my perspective, I also thought that I wanted to have it be something to them that not only do they see that it's necessary and important for them to participate, but also just the mechanics of voting, just showing yes. up like what, what is that like, I, you know, to show up the first time, I think like I did, and you know, the first time you can vote and not really understand what that process is like. Right. You know, yes. Like, oh, yes. Like, yeah. like, okay, you stand in the line, everybody's there. It, you know, you go into this back room, you're all by yourself. Okay, what do we do now? It's, it's actually a little intimidating the first couple of times, but this should actually be, you know, like a regular checkup going to see the doctor. This should be a thing that is not foreign to anybody. So it, it is really, really, um, a small thing, but an important thing um, yeah. for for kids to see their parents doing. I agree. And so a lot of these topics that we're dealing with are really complex topics. They're complex for adults. Sometimes I don't even know what to do. So yeah. ha have you engaged in your kids in a way that you're explaining things to them? How much do you tell them? What kind of questions do they have for you? Oh, uh, so first of all, I am not the world's expert at all on this. Um, I am a parent. I'm, I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist or a mm -hmm. pediatrician. I am just a parent. And there's all of this is my first time and I'm probably doing it wrong and who knows. Um, but I will say, you know, I sat down, my son actually really loves math. And so one of the things we did was we learned, I taught him probabilities when we would look in polling data. And I would say, okay, you need to understand that just because this number is bigger than that number doesn't mean that this is a hundred percent. Do you understand? Like, you know, so, and, and he loves math. And so that helped him really cement in his head. Okay. These numbers are changing and this is sort of what it means. But then I remember after the presidential election, we had discussed things like healthcare because I'm a physician and this whole idea of what does healthcare do and why is it important that people see doctors and what what are what was healthcare before the Affordable Care Act and after the Affordable Care Act and and of course we discussed issues of like people with brown skin and I remember him saying to me in the morning, "Mommy, what is going to happen to the people who need to see a doctor or the girls or the people with brown skin?" and my heart just sank and I didn't have an answer. And I just promised him that we were not going to stop helping people. This is what we do. And, and then I spent the rest of the day trying to read articles about how do you talk to your kids? Because I didn't know what to say. And I still don't know that there's a good answer. So, you know, the, um, 
during the repeal attempts at the Affordable Care Act or the Charlottesville riots. I mean, the Muslim bans at the airports, the family separation, and now these issues of people chanting things about people who are seeking asylum. It's it's almost impossible to know how to put that into a way for kids um, because it's heartbreaking for us. Uh, I I do know, I just follow a couple of principles. I want to tell them the truth. Maybe I don't tell them all of the truth, but what I want to tell them is the truth. I want them to hear the truth. And I want them to hear it from me first, because I know they pick up so much at school. I am astounded by what kids discuss at school. And so if I can explain the facts to them, I can at least control some of the narrative, make it less scary, make it coming from me, answer questions honestly, um, and, and make it a safe environment for them to answer things. So I can give just examples, maybe they're right or wrong, but after the Charlottesville riots, we sat down and we went to Representative John Lewis's Twitter account. And I showed him pictures of John, you know, Representative Lewis marching um, from the Selma uh, over the bridge and, and showed them pictures of these people who were getting beaten, quite honestly. And I said, look, this is a real man who's still to this day standing up for people. This is what we do. He's a living example of someone who lived through activism and continues to be, you know, active. And then I gave my daughter a book called I Dissent, which is a book about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And again, she is a woman who was discriminated because of ethnicity and her sex, and she continues to stand up for people. And I say, look, there's there's all these issues and they're never going to go away. There's always going to be issues. And we have to continue to do just like these people, to show up, to write postcards, to vote, to march, to get people out to vote. This is how we make things better. Um, and whenever we do attend one of these events, like a postcards for voters event or a march for science event, I point to everyone around and I say, look, all these other people out here, they care just like you. So the world is a lot less scary. And these issues are a lot less scary because there's all these people who are helping each other out. And I think that also helps kids say, okay, all right, there's everybody else, all these grown-ups who are taking care of this is going to be fine. You know, we're going to be better. And from their perspective, that's, I think that's really important. But I will give one other example, especially for any parents of kids who have been bullied or discriminated or had problems and how activism might help. So my son has brown skin. And just before the second March for Science, he was actually teased at school because of his brown skin. I don't think it was meant to be malicious, but it was his first taste of being singled out because of his skin color. And he actually didn't tell us. He told a friend of our families and my husband and I were devastated when we found out. And, you know, I actually felt even worse that he didn't tell us because I felt like he was trying to protect us. And we were on our way to the March for Science. And when we were down, there was a beautiful day. It was blazing hot. And we're on the Independence Mall. And I told my husband, I said, I'm going to take our son out and just walk him around and see some of the other signs and people. And he had a great sign that had his favorite quote from the Martian, which has a swear word in it. So it will spare us. Um, <laughs> but then we were walking around and all of a sudden one, then two, then three reporters come up and want to take pictures of him and ask him about his sign and ask him what he does. And I could see him standing up a little bit straighter and being proud of himself. And I, it just made me so happy because I hope it wiped away a little bit of that sting. 
you know, mm-hmm. from what had happened from that teasing. And he got to go back to school on Monday and tell people he was down in Washington, D.C., and he was on the news and he got his picture taken. And I, again, I think it gives us this feeling of, of pride. There are a lot of bad things and there's a lot, it's very easy to get depressed and to feel hopeless and isolated. And I think activism also makes us feel a sense of pride that we belong to a group and that we're doing something constructive. We're, we're, we're helping people somehow. And that channels that feeling into something that's more positive. Again, I don't know. I've been very honest with my kids about things that are going on, but we try and distill it to I always try to end with a, and this is what we're going to do about it. And so that it's not like, oh, there's just this horribleness in the world and that's just the world we live in. But no, we're, you know, this is what we're going to do about it. And that's where I think the activism can be great for kids. Like it's their way of saying, oh, you know what? People didn't vote, but I wrote five postcards. So now people are going to go out and vote and that's fine. I'm okay with that. You know, that's, that's one way that we can do this. And that that's great. Right. Having an action item to, right. you know, absolutely f- feel a little absolutely. less powerless. Absolutely. And I think that works for adults too. Don't get me wrong. I've used it myself. <laughs> oh, completely. You know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So first of all, I love the Martian. I, lo- I, uh, I believe that I saw uh, the sign, a picture of the oh, sign, yes. and um, I love that quote. I love everything about that. Um, we had to be careful when we took the pictures yeah. to school as well. Yeah. I forgot. That's so funny. <laughs> the teacher wrote back, she goes, I loved the sign, the pictures, but, but... we couldn't put them on the walls because. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And second of all, you're going to, you, you know, you're telling me you're not an expert, but you rather are. So I'm <laughs> going to ask you, yeah, yeah, well, that's what makes you an expert. I'm experienced, that's all. I, I, maybe. Uh, I balk at the word expert. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have any other tips for parents or anything else you'd like to add? I think, first of all, just do it. Um, like I said, I'm not an expert. I'm just a regular person, but it's like parenting. There's no handbook for this. You sort of jump in and you learn and you figure out what works. Um, there is a spectrum of activism. And and I, this is for anybody, not just you with kids. But I think, for example, postcards for voters is a really easy way to get started because you can just request five postcards. That's it. You can be at home. The kids can draw. If you mess it up, it's not a big deal. If you want to invite another parent and their friends so that it's sort of a play date so that, you know, everybody has fun and there's a secondary gain to this, that's great. It's low pressure. Um, And registering to people to vote and taking them to vote are also, I think, relatively easy things that that kids can be involved to do um, and, and emphasize the importance of voting. But I don't want to dissuade people from canvassing, and I'll tell you why. It is intimidating to go up and knock on a door and talk to someone. It's important, but it is intimidating. I get that. I I have terrible public speaking phobia. So walking up to a stranger's door is like my worst nightmare, all bundled into something. But I will say that I did this by myself, and then I've done this with my kids, and people are much nicer when your kids are with you. They are more likely to open the door. They're more likely to listen to what you say. They're more likely to talk back to you. Um, And it is kind of nice if it's a nice day to get the kids out and walk around with them. So I I don't want to dissuade people from doing that either. Um, And then the March for Science is lovely for children because they have so many 
great uh, dinosaurs walking around and things for kids to do. It's a lot of fun. So, you know, some of these local marches are actually really great opportunities for kids to go out and see other kids and other adults um, doing things. And and low-key, making a poster is fun. You get to decorate a poster board with your kid with glitter and your house gets covered in paint and it's lovely. And I can make, if anyone wants to know, I have definite recommendations on the markers to use that come out of furniture and floors and carpets and tablecloths. I, I have a list and I can more than happy to share this with people. Um, but the bottom line is there's, you know, you just start doing something and then you figure out, you, you get more used to it and then it becomes, it becomes easier. It's like parenting. You, you live and learn with, with everything, but definitely don't be intimidated just because you have children. Cause I actually think that that makes it more fun. We get to do something with our kids and bond with them and watch them sort of take over those reins. Hopefully when they get to be their tweens and teenage selves and they get to do this stuff themselves. I literally cannot wait to see what your kids do um, <laughs> because what they're doing now is already so incredible and they're oh, so engaged. I, I am I'm just hoping I can survive the teenage years. I'm not sure. You know, you check in with me in a few years and we'll see where we are. <laughs> well, I will I will keep watching and let's go over uh, your social media information so that oh, sure. everyone can see what you guys are up to and and uh, maybe you can share I, that list at some point of the good markers. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I actually am capable of only one social media uh, type. <laughs> I, I apologize. It, and I only, I, I am, I, I have a phobia of social media and, and this one is the one I've gotten used to, but I'm on Twitter. It's so it's at the at symbol doctors, D-R-S, Mina, my first name, M-E-E-N-A. I do have a Facebook account. I apologize in advance. I will not friend you. I haven't friended my mother yet and she would be very <laughs> upset if I friended anybody else before her. Um, but I do, if I do an, uh, a couple of times a year, I host events like getting people um, enrolled in the Affordable Care Act getting them health insurance. And so I do events. And that's why I have the Facebook account, but Twitter is the best way. If you have a question, reach out to me. I am more than happy to send you a direct message, get in contact with you. Um, and I will share events that I have. And I love seeing pictures of people who have gone out and done things, especially with their kids. It's just great. It's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of your experience with no me problem. and with the listeners. And thank you for your activism. Thank you very much for the podcast. Thank you very This is a form of activism too. And this is great. This is absolutely fantastic. Thank you. You know, there's only certain things that I'm willing to do. And this is one of the things that I'm willing to do. And I think I'm going to start a campaign right here and now to get you on the Instagram because oh, I feel goodness. like, I really feel like a lot of the stuff that you're doing is super Instagram worthy. And um, yeah, you we're going to start a campaign. You and I are going to have to talk about this. <laughs> You know what? You, you this is I, funny story. My niece was the one who put me on Twitter, not me. And then I like, I was like, oh my gosh, okay, what is this? You, I called her back. I go, what do I do? What am I doing here? And so you and I will talk after this, and we'll see, folks. You heard it here first. If I'm on Instagram, you blame her. <laughs> Thank you okay. so much. Thanks, Dr. Butra. Take care. Have a wonderful day.
Thank you to Dr. Amina Butra for all she does in working to improve the lives of patients, both as a gastroenterologist and as an activist. She's on Twitter as at Drs. Mina, and if you follow her, you'll see really quickly why she is an expert, even if she doesn't like being called one. You will also see how smart and engaged her kids are, and if you want to give her a little push about starting an Instagram account, I'll back you up. She's an inspiration in so many ways, and while for this episode I asked her to talk about getting kids involved, her activism goes far beyond that. It includes other events, such as participating in IBD Day on the Hill in Washington, D.C. If you have more questions, please do get in touch. You can find me everywhere on social media as About IBD, or you can use the handy Contact Me form on my website at aboutibd.com. The thing that helps me out the most, however, is subscribing to this show in your favorite podcast app and leaving a review there. I'm a small creator. I don't have funding or staff. So the thing that keeps me in business is people like you subscribing and sharing my content. It's simple to do, it's free, and it will make sure that I can continue being an independent voice in the IBD community. And remember, until next time, I want you to know more about IBD.